What's up, Andrea B? Hey, Tazni. Hey, we're back again. I'm super excited because this is part two of an episode that we recorded talking about menfolk. I know. Menfolk and kinfolk. <laughs> or menfolk as kinfolk. Or not. Or menfolk who ain't got no kinfolk. <laughs> but need to get them some kinfolk. So let's do this. Let's yes. do this. So this is part two of an episode called, Where are Your Boys At? But was previously called, previously artist formerly known as, Bro, I'll get you some friends. Bro, I'll get you some friends. Yeah. So we made it kinder. Softer. Maybe gentler. But more honest because we're admitting that we do not know. We do not have the answers to the queries in this podcast. So we're going to be up front. Correct. There are questions we're going to ask that may seem a little outlandish, but it is because we do not know, right? And we seek to know. We seek the knowledge. That is exactly right. We are sojourners right. yeah. of... The truth. The truth. Okay. That's right. That's who we are. Another thing we have to acknowledge is that when we're talking about men, we are talking about cisgender masculinity. Right. We're not making any qualms about it. To our brothers and sisters, trans and other things within the LGBTQIA community, if they want to come and talk to us and explain the realms of masculinity, we're open to it. We're seeking that truth as well. Okay. So just for this conversation today. Yeah. We're talk- we coming are from talking a lens. from a lens of black men. Black, Let's be specific who we talking to. Cisgender, black binary men. black men. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So and we are live. We're this is our first live, live episode. Yes. On location at the Distro. local distro. Yes. And we're not alone. I know people are just hearing quiet, but we have some guests in this space. We are. Who are going to talk about relationships with each other. And hopefully with their partners and children and family members and community, right? All the shit. Because we are seeking. That is who we are and that's what we do. We continuously seek Mm -hmm. the truth. So we have invited these brothers into our sacred space, our sacred space with hopes that they will speak and be vulnerable and be open and honest and share their lens with us. We want to hear everything from your self-care practice, like what you're using on your beard, candy smooth, <laughs> what you're putting on that edge line. What are we doing for that? Ooh. Tim, do you use contact lens oil solution? What you got going on? Big fella, what'd you cook? Daniel Marshall, what you put on your hands to keep them so soft and moist? Yeah. Yeah. We want to know all those all things, right? How you fight the edge? How, How do, do you when you fight the ash? ash? Kevin Garnett should have, somebody should have told him. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the meme of his leg with the ash, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett. We love you, but your legs are ashy. Don't so don't we have a lot of questions. We have an audience. We have allowed these men, these black men mm-hmm. in our space, our sacred space. Yeah. We have a lot of questions. And this is part two. Part two are where your boys at. So when mm-hmm. Tazneem and I were last together, we yeah. talked about the things, the experiences our experiences, right? Yes. She is my soul sister. She yes. is closer to me than blood will ever be. Mm, right? And so on. we are who we are. Mm-hmm. We stand on each other's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said that I am her. I scoop her out of the goopy middle. Hey, right? hey, hey. So hey. when she is in that mm-hmm. place, you are the goop scoop. I'm the goop scoop. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? I'm not going to stay there with her while nah, she's. That is true. But I'm going to go and I'm going to take us some falafels and come back and check on her. Come but on I now. will be there for her. That's and true. we got to thinking, we talked about this all summer. Like, do men have these types of relationships? Do they have goop scoops. Do they fix each other tags? Mm, like if it's hanging out the back of their t-shirt? And why don't they tell their friends mm. if that suit mm-hmm. that he wore to the gala prior to the COVID mm. was two sizes too small mm. and there isn't such a thing as a man girdle? We need to know <laughs> black men. Help us out. Because like, the truth is we do this for each other. That we have. We do. We do. We so do. we're talking about like non-sexual intimacy between black men, right? Right. Because if you tuck my shirt in back into my collar, yes. you are, it is not flirting. Well, it is, our guest is already staring and re- looking at us. So, oh, okay. so let me introduce him. And <laughs> then you, you, you 
take it to them because because you already got some side looks. Somebody's rocking back and forth. Them, at least two of the four guests uh-huh. just gave you a side eye. Mm-hmm. So let me introduce our guests mm-hmm. our, to our Truthy Told family. Mm-hmm. Again, this is our sacred space. We're calling this our gathering, right? And we will bring in every episode we bring a name into this space. And so today we bring in Brother Ernest Gaines, right? And mm-hmm. so Brother Ernest Gaines said that the gathering of old men. Yes. Not that any of you all are old. So mm-hmm. we're calling this the gathering of mm-hmm. our black men. Mm-hmm. We are gathered into this space today because we'll call you young men. We simply want to know who, more about who you are. So our guest today, who's going to speak candid, they're going to let their truth be told and they will be totally transparent. We have with us um, attorney Daniel Marshall, who hails from the great state of Florida. Oh, Florida. And I'm just going to say, because it's not often mm-hmm. in this amazing city, Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. that I am joined by another. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Are you about to strike? Graduate. Are you about to strike? Of the illustrious Uh-oh. Florida Mechanical University. That was a rattle. So, you don't get to do that. Oops. All right. So no. Attorney Daniel Marshall is a graduate of Stetson University, but also a proud graduate of Florida A&M University. Mm-hmm. He's a local attorney here in town. He has worked since 2005 helping with, you know, he started out with a t- uh, Bureau of Ten Care, helping with disenrollment projects. He has mm-hmm. worked throughout the entire um, state of Tennessee. He has been able to channel his passion in advocating for elderly, the young people, and the underserved. Mm-hmm. Mr. Marshall, mm-hmm. um, his involvement has, goes beyond Nashville. So welcome, Attorney Daniel Marshall. Mm-hmm. Welcome Thank to the you. truth. Welcome truth to the truth. Truth be told, audience, what's happening? All, All right. right. Next we have with us, um, I'll go in order of who they are. Next we have with us who hails from the illustrious Newark, New Jersey. Correct? Yeah, man. I'm not illustrious, but you know. Uh... Is it not illustrious, Mr. <laughs> Kenny Smooth? Dangerous. Okay. <laughs> who hails from the dangerous Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> truth be told, family, we are standing in our truth. So yeah. he is a newly minted vice president of Cumulus Radio. Kenny mm, Smooth. Mm. Hey. Did I get the oove yeah, correct? All right. I tried right. to enunciate. <laughs> it's not Please, my thing, yeah. but I'm working on it, Kenny. Um, oversees more than 30 radio stations, right? <laughs> he, he brings us that morning, Joe, that we need on the morning show, 92Q, the Kenny Smooth morning show. He provides a forum for local politicians, community leaders, business um, business members, and the Q community, as you call it, correct? Absolutely. I also have to say, sir, we thank you for your service in Desert Storm. We know that you are mm-hmm. a veteran. You did six years in the military, mm-hmm. including tours in South Korea, correct? Yes. We thank you so much, Kenny Smooth, thank you, for thank joining you. us today. Truth be told, we're happy to have you. Thank you for having me, truth be told, family. Thank you. Welcome. Next from Baton Rouge, normally Tasneem will do the accents, but I'll go for it. Yes, but back baby. To- uh, oh, uh, you brought that? Come on, man. <laughs> no, not so much. Today. From Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, Timothy Hughes, a native graduate of Fisk University. That's right. And he is an activist, a blogger, a columnist, a commentator, community organizer, educator, human rights activist, and a public intellectual. Um, Timothy is also a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Since you gave me that in your bio, I thought I would say that for the one love of the Alpha Love. I'll give that to you. Black Voters Matters Fund and so many other organizations. Timothy, we thank you for uh, joining us today. And we know that you are one of our biggest Truth Be Told fans. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to be here with the Truth Be Told family. And, and thank you so much for shouting out Ernest Gaines, another yes. uh, Louisianian and mm. uh, a person who is very close to my heart as I was, you know, growing and learning and uh, and reading as a young person. So uh, it's wonderful to see 
uh, him be raised in this space and very right. excited to be That's having right. this conversation with y'all. I'm mm-hmm. reminded of, of, of all of the images of, of black men and Ernest Gaines gave that to all of us, right? And yeah. if we think about literature and what so many of the, so many um, artists and great writers did, he did that for me as well. So I'm glad to do that. Last but not least. Mm-hmm. So do we consider your city dangerous or safe or what, what? I, I need to know. because Detroit you... is almost well gentrified. So okay. So... Yeah. <laughs> well to be told, we have last our last guest who is, uh, his name is Willie Sims, y'all. Mm. But you know him as the big fella. Yes. I don't think that anybody but the federal government and maybe the local government, you knew your name was Willie Sims. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw the email, I was like, oh, that's spam. So welcome, big fella, <laughs> who is from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Willie Sims Jr., affectionately known as Big Fella, is a renaissance man. He's an Mm. entrepreneur, community leader, a youth activist, Mm -hmm. started your career in music. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell this story. I said I wasn't going to do it, but Mm -hmm. we all know I tell half truths, right? Tell it all. Big Fella, you're the only person, I told this to Timothy, that uh, probably can get away with cussing me out on my voicemail and I still talk to you. Because truth be told, you left me a voicemail several years ago. How many years? Several. I'm still holding on to Uh it. But the truth be Uh told, um, I didn't return your phone call and you kept calling. This is big fella, Miss Blackman. I'm going to need you to call me back. Really? Blackman. Oh, I remember that. I, what? I've been waiting so just for a time such as this, big fella. What is going Welcome on? Welcome to our Truth Be Told space. It's redemption time, bro. We need the truth to be told. <laughs> <laughs> but again, big fella, you're the only person that can cuss me out and I what? call you back. Let That's me just true. say I remember that. So you're welcome, the only big fella. I remember it. It was a six two five seven eight two. The government number. She you called me at the right. National Public Library. You did. Allegedly. All right. Allegedly. You're welcome, big fella. Mm. Thank you all very much, Truth Be Told. I also would like mm. you to put some respect on Detroit's name. <laughs> how, come, how come when y'all say Baton Rouge, you don't say Detroit? It's a French city, too. It's a French city. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, for real. That's true. But don't nobody give us that respect, but you say Baton Rouge. Mm. But we can't get Detroit. Firme la bouche. This is what we do. Family, we thank you so much. Brother Ren, right? We thank you for this bromance that we shall have today. Taz, let's do what we do. Okay. So I do know that our central question for our guests is about our curiosity, whether or not you even want non-sexual intimacy Within the brotherhood. And, you know, I just have to remember this time. Can you see how big fellas looking at you? Keep going. I'm, I'm getting, yeah. <laughs> I just, Andre, oh, remember hey, this. Go. I'm sorry. You got five. Okay, so non-sexual intimacy. You can't see his eyes. <laughs> non-sexual. But, but Timothy is feeling it. Not feeling it, see? Feeling, feeling. it. You see feeling. what I'm saying? It's about, it's about the feelings. Can I give another term instead of non-sexual intimacy? No, you can say whatever you want to say. I just said that for that was for the culture. I had to say pause. That was pause okay for, for the culture. <laughs> Non-sexual intimacy means you know that sometimes, and I grew up with two brothers and a dad in the house. When they would hug, they would a fist would be between their chest and right. then a pound on the back. It was not chest to chest. It was just some kind of barrier. You know, just mm-hmm. a boom, right? And so I remember when we went to a movie theater, Andrea. We went to go see the photograph. Yes, we did, and we walked in probably with my hand tucked under your hand. That's what we do. That's what we do, skipping down the lane like girls. And we get to the theater. We're sitting side by side. Yes, we recline our seats. We have popcorn between us. Yes, and as we're watching the scene and of the some sour skittles and sour skittles mm-hmm. and a drink. Yes, shared between us. We do. We both reach for popcorn. Yes, and our knuckles touch. 
and nobody cares because that's my sis. That's non-sexual intimacy, right? Right. right. We can't. There's no way we need to each have our own buckets of popcorn. But I look can at I just say, can... Attorney Daniel, <laughs> his face is like, what? So the question is, before we get into like judgments, like women do this and men don't, brothers do this, sisters do this and brothers don't, do y'all even desire it? Or does it exist and we don't recognize it? So wait, before they answer, because we want to hear from you. Really, this is your show. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a man sit next to another man in the movie theater. It's always like three seats in between y'all. <laughs> and I need somebody to explain that. Like that's a rule. So anyway, before you Tazim asking your question, let's let's yeah. let's hear from them. We're talking about what we haven't seen. Do you want it? Do we do you have it and maybe we don't recognize it? I don't want it. You <laughs> said I don't want it. You, okay. Okay, you can go, bro. So, I mean yeah. so I think that there are levels of closeness depending upon what you may have already gone through with the friend. And so um, uh, Kenny might have a unique perspective as having served in the military. (laughs) They go through some serious shit together, you know, (laughs) side by side, life threatening things. And so I think that probably within his brethren, which he can speak on this, they probably have the ability to open up and share some things they can't even share with their own people when they come back Mm. in that situation. For me, um, I, um, so let's just use a good friend of mine from college as an example. When we go to the theaters, there's a seat between us, period. We're not bumping knuckles with no popcorn. It's not that kind of party. But wait, Attorney Daniel Marshall, why? What kind of party would it be to bump knuckles? Why not? And and so. That's a fight, is what that is. That's not a. And and so in in Western society, we have, amongst men, um, more strict rules about. This intimacy you're talking about between men, mm-hmm. as opposed to various Middle Eastern type situations where you'll see men holding hands. You know, the you know, where, any where? US president for the last sixteen years or so, you'll see them holding hands with the Saudi princes and that kind of thing. That's a normal thing over there. We don't really get down with that over here. So um my want, dad do you want to? No, um, I don't have a desire to hold hands with men, but. So you won't grab Kenny's hand right there? Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, and Kenny doesn't want to grab my hand. But w- this is what I can say. B- because of this concept that is kind of, uh, you know, settled upon us as young men coming up, mm-hmm. my dad, who was a very loving fellow, um, I can remember at some age, me retracting my hand. You know, he's still trying to hold my hand. I don't know how old I was, but that was just innate in him. But for me, it's something that I wasn't used to. Definitely didn't see it with my stepfather. So it's something that I withdrew from because again, these are things that we get signals from, not only from family, but all over in culture, as opposed to women, women holding hands is no big thing. So, you know, and, and, and let me say, before I close my mouth and let other people talk, you know, the average, and I think y'all are talking about heterosexual men, we, men we, who like women. We are. Um, the average man, especially in this time, um, doesn't want to get caught up in some of the metrosexual um, things that are going on with other dudes in terms of uh, showing a certain level of being effeminate. 
And so men, as a result, I think in general, stop at a certain point so that they don't even come close to getting to that point of being associated with the effeminate fellow. So I think that's another, mm-hmm. that's another factor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. I got to do my, um, I do my binary math. So you go minus the penis and then it's the, oh, this is so much the difficulty for me. You just said cisgender, non-sexual, something, something. Yes. I'm confused as hell. Right? <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering. So what is I got to do like math before I even start having this yes. conversation, yes. you know, but I, cause I don't want to offend anybody, you know, I don't want anybody mm-hmm. marching in front of the radio station because mm-hmm. I said something mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. but um, no, seriously, I, um, I, it's been men that, that you've had to, you know, deal with wounds with that were really intimate, you know, down by the thigh, you know, you got to take their clothes off and all of this stuff. And so, you know, this guy in a whole nother way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but even after all of that, that dude do not want to touch my fingers in no popcorn bucket. (laughs) After all of that, he would still be like, dude, what are you doing? What is it about? Because it's this West, he hit it on the head, the Western civilization upbringing, that we have the the imageries and the things that you grew up with, mm-hmm. the thing, the, the, the if you if you have your you know masculine father or father figures in the house, the things that they instill in you, all of those things you know become a part of mm-hmm. that answer. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes no because that's just the way that men have been brought up, and they don't necessarily want it, and they don't need it. They feel they don't even need it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the other thing. I think if it was a need for it, maybe you get a different conversation, but they don't think, I don't think it, if you have it, does it make me a better man or a bigger man? If it's the answer is no, then they really not going to want it, mm-hmm. you know? So that becomes a, a part of the, the equation in that too. Um, but I don't think it's, a, um, I don't know if it's a fear of it. It's just as much as not knowing, you know, and I think the not knowing becomes fear and it just makes this ugly cycle sure. of the, uh, the whole process. So, and can I add that once I got to a certain age where I could break out of some of that, I gladly held my dad's hand while he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things. I was able to come into that because I had kind of discarded some of these notions that we're, we're uh, talking about. But you really got to, you know, the same way black children need to be introduced to a bunch of images of beautiful black people to kind of counteract all of these images of what supposedly is beauty in terms of white folks, the same way that men have to find a way to discard some of these notions that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thank you for sharing yeah. that shift. Yep. I really appreciate a lot of the context that, that was kind of spoken into the discussion because a lot about um, black men's um, expressions are very, very aggressively monitored. Maybe policed is not the appropriate word, but the context is the efforts made by black men to have a full panoply, a full expression of emotions and relationships is very, very discouraged in some contexts. When when King was talking about um, the context of being in the military, I think about what it's like for me as a member of a fraternity and the closeness and the connection that I have with my line brothers and other members of my fraternity there is an intimacy there, but it doesn't cross into boundaries of, like you said, the, the hands meeting in the popcorn, something about that seems off or seems uncomfortable. Um, and I think that it really has to do with the ways in which black masculinity is 
um, put into a box or put into a, a realm where there are only certain things that are considered acceptable. Um, and I think that what is is very true um, is that oftentimes black men's intimacy comes through trauma and through the bonding that happens as a result of trauma. So it's us against the world when it comes to white supremacy or it's one of us, it's us expressing ourselves in the ways in which we're trying to, uh, to, to be who we are and be accepted, but it's also, it's oftentimes kind of counteractive rather than proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what we're trying to do now, or at least what I, I find in, in my social circles is that brothers are trying to find ways to be themselves without having any part of their identity questioned or minimized, but also, uh, recognizing that uh, we've got to reimagine the ways in which we look at ourselves and, and black masculinity uh, in a larger sense, because quite literally our lives depend on it. We were talking before the start of the podcast about a brother who is about my age, who just recently transitioned, passed away uh, from a heart attack. And I think what brought on that heart attack, along with maybe some predisposition or some medical issue he might have had, was the fact that he probably had to live his whole life bottled up. And when you live life like that, you transition a lot sooner than if you are able to fully express the all, all levels of your humanity. And I think mm-hmm. that for black men's health and for our sustainability, we've got to learn how to be our full selves without feeling policed or controlled in that way. You know, I was thinking about, too, uh, just while we were talking, that if you put it, if you put that scenario that we're talking about, the popcorn in the movie theater. You know, that usually for a lot of black men, too, is that that's their first act of intimacy with a woman. You know, when they were alone with a woman for the first time, the opposite sex, going to the movies, and it kind of conjures that up. But I guarantee if you take a whole pot of spare ribs and put them in a bin, all the men would dig their hands in there, touch knuckles, punch each other. There would be no problem with them having a, in that same situation with a different food. Right, right. Be no so it different. has nothing to do with the movie theater, the extra seat, or, or the, the popcorn. Of the or the it's the old, like when I'm with old girl, you know, we both had our fingers in the popcorn and right. we're touching hands and we're getting close. And so it has a, it has a connotation. That, that there's something, you know, else looming in after this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think, you know, you might, when you bring that up, people go, whoa, I don't want to do that. Right, you know? right. Yeah, but it's fair risk. Notice even Brother King's move's behavior becomes carnivorous, <laughs> right? right? He's like, reach right. you. Right. But they all it's say, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all of their body language went in. Yeah. Like, yeah. you talking about popcorn? It's me. I'm talking about some meat. Yeah, I had to point that out, bro. I had to point that out. It went a little. Yeah, you had me at ribs. You had, yeah. ribs. You had you them had all. They went in. We they all went in. Ribs right now. You, 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 you mentioned <laughs> tucking someone's collar in. Yes. In <laughs> jump, jump the broom, jumping the broom, whatever it was called. Who from the game did this thing to Liza Alonzo when they were up there about to get married, etc. Where he like fixed something mm. on his Lapel. jacket, and then he kind of. Did like an exclamation point by, again, men generally, if they're heterosexual, we we don't do that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one thing for him to try to fix something, but then he did like a exclamation point where he smoothed it out a little Mm -hmm. bit. And it was like, that was too much. (laughs) As a regular dude, I'm looking like, that's suspicious, Pooh. Did they write that into the Mm -hmm. script? Are we going to acknowledge, are we going to acknowledge, and I, I do think. No, do your thing. That's all good. (laughs) 
you can have to address the undertone of homophobia here, bros. No, it's not that. Let me this way. Okay, come ahead, fella. Come ahead. Okay, now first and foremost. I got love for the L to the G to the B to the T Ooh. to all the rest okay. of them. This ain't about that. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with having a diaspora of people? Why you can't have dudes that's just straight duty ass dudes? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can have women that's very sure feminine women. You can have uh, trans people. You can have homosexual people. What's wrong with why can't why that ain't cool? You know what I'm so saying? It's not saying, like everybody, but let's have a whole diaspora of okay, people. Okay. Thomas is in the spectrum. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's like they're trying to cut that whole piece off, like touch your homeboy hand. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's wrong with me not wanting to rub my homeboy hand? I'm not against you. Why are you against me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't. That's one thing I don't understand about the whole movement right now. It's like, let everybody be free to be themselves. Agreed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If you, if, It, it got to be across the board. And then I'm wondering, yeah, like, why? Why is that? Why is this even a question? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with not wanting to touch my man's hand in the popcorn or sitting a seat away? What's wrong with that? So Tasneem said that earlier in our part one of this episode that she thinking about her brothers and her brothers would say her biological brothers are like, we don't even like, that's nothing that we even think about. Why would we even want? Like, it's nothing that we desire. Like the relationship that you have with your sister, Mm -hmm. that's nothing that I seek out. Mm -hmm. So we want to push you all out of love and in truth to ask a few more questions about that then. We get it. Mm-hmm. We, 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 the full spectrum, the ribs hand in. And then am I homophobic because that makes me a little uncomfortable? Well, I'm not uncomfortable with other people doing it. They could do their thing. I'm right. cool with that. If it's two dudes that want to rub each other's hand, I have no problem with that. If it's two women, they want to hug on each other. I have no problem with that. But if it's uncomfortable for me to do that, why do people have a problem with that? It's pretty weird. I think, and this is a perfect place to talk about this because there's many truths, right? Yeah. So that can be true for you and not true for me. And that's right. Cool. And that's we cool. totally dig it. Right. This conversation is making me think of my nephew, Naeem, who's five. And I've watched Naeem grow up and see where his behavior became gendered. Mm-hmm. So my mother has long locks literally past her hips. And the grandchildren, all of them comb her locks. And it could be like kind of some kind of ASMR thing. It's mm-hmm. very meditative. They're just doing this. And there's a moment where the grandsons, it's no longer okay for them to be back there with their cousins, their female cousins, combing my mother's hair. It's the most beautiful scene. They could be, there's no word spoken. They're all standing behind her combing her hair. And then Naeem did it. And then my nephew Xavier did it. And his father was like, that's enough. Yeah. What was it about the touch, the non-sexual intimacy, the, t- the stroking, maybe even that word messed it up, right. that suddenly he got to an age where it was like, Right. The, I, we're no longer I don't think able it's to touch it. I think it's think just it the is? fact that, like, all right, bro, you're not about to be doing hair. Huh? I, and I, you I, could I, you could line her up, line your grandma up, but you're not gonna be. You gonna line, you gonna line grandmother up? Yeah, you yeah, because she's got a box yeah, face. Line her up, but yeah. like, to granny be doing has a box hair. face. Yes, she do. She does not. <laughs> she would like. I, I do I think it has a lot. Tight, though, yeah, like, you know it is. it is. But, but I, I do <laughs> think I think that there's something. I think there's something here. I think I, okay. So just recently, I posted on my social media. I tried to uh, to try to when we're talking about these expressions of masculinity. Uh, there's a young boy uh, whose article has gone viral that's talking about uh, him at, wanting to be a dancer, want to be a performer. Uh, he got the opportunity to become a dancer because he was studying dance. Uh, he wanted to be a, a dancer in, uh, I think it was the Nutcracker mm-hmm. Suite. 
uh, and he's six years old. Great. And it's a beautiful story about he, how his love for dance uh, arose him to a, a level where he got on somebody's radar. And now he has an opportunity to perform in the Nutcracker Suite. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly positive, wonderful story about this young dancer. Uh, there were some reactions when I posted the article. Why does this little boy need? And there's, a, there's an image that goes along with the photo of the young boy doing what appears to be a stretch move as a dancer that 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 made some folks who saw the article that I posted on my social media reach out to me privately and say, hey, what is it about this boy and the way that he's dancing? I don't know if I'm comfortable. Why? This seems to be pushing a particular agenda. Now, literally, it was just about the wonderful story of this self-taught dancer. He taught himself off of YouTube. How, he's in a full split. He's in a full to, split yes. doing a dance yes. move. But for them, it was an it was an identification of a type of expression that they thought was problematic or potentially representative of something that had to do with orientation or sexuality. I really think what happens, maybe somewhere around four or five, is that boys get told this is what you're allowed to express and this is the way in which you're allowed to express it. Otherwise, there will be assumptions made about you. And the last thing that any boy that is coming into manhood wants to be assumed uh, is is weak or vulnerable or questionable in some way about his masculinity. And so there's this policing that starts and controlling of the ways in which boys begin to express themselves. And I don't know if that's because of the culture or if that's because people's uh, narrow framing or understanding of what it means to be a man or a boy is, 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 is framed in, or if it simply has to do with want a, an, an outsized desire to protect young boys mm-hmm. and to potentially keep them away from people who might seek to take advantage of them or to uh, in some way mistreat them. I don't know that I have the answer to that, but I do think that in order for us to really be able to have a, a, a masculinity or an expression of masculinity, that is uh, encompassing of all kinds of truths. Yeah. We've got to recognize that we get, we need to give people space and grace and allow them to have an opportunity to be who they are, whether that be mm-hmm. someone who doesn't want to have their hands touching in the popcorn or whether it's, it's okay for that to be the case in the ribs, or if it's simply about <laughs> us recognizing that everybody needs guidance right. mm-hmm. in order to be able to arrive through this, this journey that we call masculinity or, or if we just need to have mentors in life, when you started talking about uh, people who kind of, you know, help to gather you together and, and, you know, get your collar right. I started to think about the the mentors that I've had in my life who were able to catch me when my, my, my collar was askew or my tie wasn't on right, who actually taught me what it's what it means to be a responsible adult and how to acculturate to, to manhood in a way that was really about me centering what I did, not so much who I was. Um mm-hmm. And so for me, um, having grown up in an environment where I had good role models in my household who represented masculinity in a lot of different ways, I think I was really, it was sort of an embarrassment of riches in some ways, but I also recognize and understand the duty and the responsibility I have to pass that on because not every young black boy is going to have those examples or at least not feel that they can express themselves in a way where they, where they, however their manhood or or masculinity is expressed is acceptable. You, that's so that's a that's a good segue to like mm-hmm. this next part. And I do agree. We have to have there. There's no one truth. No. That's what we say. Every episode, mm-hmm. every show, like, there's no one answer. There's mm-hmm. no one truth. There's no one way to see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or one way to be a man. Or no right. one way to be a man. Right. Mm-hmm. So Daniel saying about the, the collar and asking this. Mm-hmm. Kenny talking about the ribs. The idea of Big Fellas like, what? make room for it all. Yes. And Timothy saying like th- these instant messages that he got about this one young man. 
There's no one way to see it. And mm-hmm. we are not trying to put any, mm-hmm. any identity in a box. But mm-hmm. what we are trying to do mm-hmm. is open up the realm to give black men a space to help us, mm-hmm. to help us understand. We and have in many ways to help questions. ourselves too. Cause I, I think that when we don't, when we don't have these spaces, sure. then folk, you know, I'm, there can be disastrous repercussions mm-hmm. from not having the ability to express these things. And we are all, I think, privy to what happens with the truth when all we can say about something is that's just the way it's always been right if that's the only answer we got we have a lot of space for self-examination there's a bigger truth it can't just be because my granddaddy did it or because my grandmother did it right which might be true they weren't even taking penicillin right and your your great-grandparents weren't even doing it so are you gonna not do that now that's true so So we we get to ask the questions right right this is evolved right here this this is not what we thought we were gonna talk about but that's what i love so here we go Mm-hmm. We all know I have a lot of guy friends. I I, I adore my grandfather. I talk about him every episode, and my uncle Daryl. And Grandpa Bertis. And my Grandpa Bertis. I do, yes. and I grew up very comfortable in spaces with men. Very comfortable. I have two of my best friends. Um, like they're just my best friends. They just mm-hmm. happen to be guys, and we talk. We talk. They they tell me in their opinions when I may have on too much lipstick, when mm-hmm. I was like young out there trying to hit the grand ballroom, they'd be like, uh, oh, Jerry, put it back. Mm-hmm. Or I say to them, you know, like, you do know that girl is not going to give you your number, right? You do know she saw you already over at McGuinn the other day, right? We And these are my friends. They, they have been my friends. One has been the best man in my wedding. And we talk about it. They tell me when my edges need to lay down better than my sister wow. would, right? And they are that sister. they notice. Oh, they, they notice, right? Because we're intentional. And I'll say, edge that up, partner. You, you, you need the to edge that up. The gathering, the gathering right? Of spaces. That's and a new these are my the these are my these are my bros and yeah, we talk about them a lot. Bros. But what I have learned with my bros is that they can confide in me. One call at the crack of dawn. They can mm-hmm. confide in me about anything and I'm gonna do there. And so I've always been that role. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that I have questioned lately, particularly as we're gonna get to Dyson's question, about us taking on that emotional labor that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. is that I always say to them, like you you could call me about this, but you don't you ain't got no guy friends to call? Like can you do you have anybody else that you can call? And then they'd be like, No. So when you are in, that's what we want to know. You you mentioned your father and you mentioned your line brothers, and you mentioned the the, the the gentleman that you serve with. Like who do you call on when you need somebody to scoop you up out mm. of that goopy middle? Mm. Who do you call who on? Who is your goop scoop? Who's your goop scoop? Like we know black men do this or don't we? Because I questioned and I, I told Tasneem, I said, I think they call the women in their lives. Mm. I think they call their daughters, their wives, their partners, their sisters, their mamas, their girl from around the way, and their ace. Mm. And Taz had another perspective. Like Aaron, what's the young man's name? Oh yes. The Aaron. Aaron in high school. Now, we grew up different, you and I. I grew yep. up in a Muslim home. There was no social interaction with men who weren't your relatives. Right. So I was stunted. It was like boys and men were uh partners for relationships. So how do you talk and be have a platonic relationship? If you're talking about my lipstick, is that because you want to kiss me? Right? Like <laughs> it must be because you want to kiss me. Right? Like right, right. that's the only reason why we're talking. Right. You want to kiss me. Um oh, wow. and so I had to spend a whole lot of time trying to catch up on that. And then Aaron in high school was that guy who yeah. just poured all his woes into me and I held them all. Because my question to myself was if I am a vessel for my sister friends, right, right. they get to pour in me. I guess I should be there for guys That's too. That's what I thought. So too. Aaron called me every day after school and he would just ah, spew all his, his pain that he might not have shared with his brother friends, which leads us to the question, who do you lay your armor down with or for? 
I don't like the way that you phrased that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really, Sorry, I ain't really laying Which my arms. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just being. No, no, but but to answer the question. Okay, sir. Man, I do got a homeboy. My homeboy Walu. Like when I'm going through it, I hit up Walu, and and I could just go through it, and then he'll tell me like, "Hey, man, I feel you." You being whack, man. It's all good. You know it's all good. You know God got us. Then boom, I'm back in it. You know what I'm saying? So it is good to have, uh, 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 I guess a male friend. You know what I'm saying? That you take your armor off. No, put your yeah, armor yeah. I can the take side. the armor off, right. but okay. I ain't laying take my armor ma- down. Okay, but take the mask. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the mask. Right, off. We right. wear it. We know we got a hide behind it. Yeah, well, that's real. You take real. your mask off too. That's then. real. Okay, but, so walk, Walu. Yeah, Walu. That's mm-hmm. what I talk to. But you know what? I, this ain't got nothing to do with your question. I just really want to say this before I forget. <laughs> I think I don't know about other places and other cities where people grew up, but I know in Detroit, a lot of I thought us, it was called Detroit. What was the name? Detroit. I'm just going to go to Detroit. When you in Rome, in the day, 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 in the Romanian. So I know we had it was a wild place, right? A lot of us was molested and touched and all type of stuff, and I think it's a lot of dudes that's dealing with that that then dealt with that in the past. That's just trying not to be gay. In their mind, they're like, man, am I gay? I ain't gay. So they extra serious, like, mm-hmm. I ain't gay because something happened to them when they were six, seven years old. You know what I'm saying? That's still back there. So they fighting that, mm-hmm. which that might make you extra hyper-masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when, when people are against anything, like just because people are against something, people will be extra for something. So the fact that everybody's against masculinity and manhood and all this and you gotta love everybody and the trans and the 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 fans and all of that people are gonna be extra like nah bro you know what i'm saying when you bring it to me i gotta defend myself from it so i think that's what we're dealing with we're doing a lot of people just fighting a lot of stuff and like you said you gotta let people what you say what's the way you put it like let people be them yeah yeah i mean i, I think you that you, you were talking you yeah I'm, I, I can't remember exactly what the framing was but i, the I right do, to live some of you some of you said well but i think what you're saying big fella and i and thank you so much for giving voice to what you just said because i really think that there's a lot of trauma and experience that has happened with with young black boys that are growing into manhood that often gets ignored or doesn't really get sufficient attention. And so when we're trying to hold all of those things, finding a way to do that in a way that is healthy and responsible is very difficult for mm-hmm. some uh, some young boys and men. I also think, too, that we don't really like to talk about trauma, particularly from the black male perspective, because oftentimes the lens of trauma is centered around black women and girls and protection is about black women and girls. And it doesn't really center a lot of our, our issues and our concerns. Uh, because again, the assumption is that, that black boys and black men are invincible and indestructible and that the ways in which we interact with one another, because they can be more aggressive means that we are, we are, you know, not likely to be damaged in some way by anything. And the, if the effort to try to make young boys into Iron Man, is what is often killing young black boys and black men because we are not indestructible. We we do have vulnerabilities and concerns and issues and the ways in which we address them and try to deal with them is not necessarily the same way that black girls and black women 
we'll deal with them. But you got to be indestructible because that's the girls like the little in, indestructible dude. Yo. You know what I'm saying? That's who they like. So Everybody you, like a Tupac. Yeah, so you learn that that's in your truth. life. That's it takes a lifetime to learn that. You know what I'm saying? That. Have you found that? To I'm be trying alive? to be cool. I'm trying to be uh, me, and I'm nice and all this. And it's like that ain't gonna work for you. You gotta right. be indestructible. So right. you asking for something that you really don't want. Oh my goodness! You know we can saying? go so I many. I told my mama places. that I was like, "You raised me to be somebody you wouldn't even mess with." Yeah, yeah. Kenny, mm. Kenny, who's your who's your? And I know our time. Yeah, Pen in that. Put yeah, it right. Um, me to be somebody you wouldn't right. even. Right, Kenny, Pen who's your? I, I mean, your uh, look, the crazy part about it is, is that for the mo- a lot of the times I'm the goop scooper. Mm. I'm, you know, and and people call me mm-hmm. all the time I for know. different things about, you know, I don't know how many of my friends in life that I've sent back to their wives out here about to just ruin their lives mm. over some chick they met at the Waffle House. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? At the Waffle man. House, Kenny? You got everything you it's need at the house, jump, dude. Go, I mean, I've had to really, like, get out of my bed mm. to yeah. go to another room because, you know, I don't want my old lady here in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Mm. You know, um, that's happened a number of times or talking about just different things. But the reason why you don't know where these men's, where your boy's at is because that that particular dude, they 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 secret that dude. We don't we don't want you to know about this person. This is Ooh. our dude. Ah. You know what I'm saying? And you don't you're not supposed to know about this is the person I lean on. This is the person I can cry to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is this is this person and they're in this secret place. Right. I don't want you to know that I call, you know, for me it would be, you know, my, my man is Michael McGuire, you know what I'm saying? It's Dee McGuire's brother. Mm-hmm. Got it, she does radio all over the country and like he kind of raised me in the business. Mm-hmm. I can go to him about anything at any time. He's gonna, I know he's going to take my call four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, every dude got one of those dudes. Yeah. Well, why, why, you know why, why keep them secret? Because it's like, it's, it's, it's this thing. Like we, we got everything else that's got to be open book all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, I got to share all of this about me as a man. This part I won't. You know what I'm saying? And, and like dudes got like some of the women, y'all don't even I get realize that. y'all are not a lot of people don't when we call that that woman, they don't do it with that poor woman either. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't want to share that because mm-hmm. that's just a place where we want to just be able to open like it's almost like having a person in a physical representation of like a a, a man cave. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like this is this is where I go. Yeah, I you get know? that. And because that, we you know? talked about that sacred spaces, right? And there's certain sacred friendships and sisterhood like i i don't want anybody i don't want to know i don't need anybody else like you're not mm. privy you're not even worthy in my opinion i know that sounds arrogant but no, you're not even is. worthy to mm. like to be in my sacred space with my sister mm. i i get that I, you know what's beautiful I, but about i never this? thought about that like i never thought men that's it yeah. that's what's beautiful about this because there's so many assumptions about what's missing and what what there is a deficit around right like y'all need and we're going to prescribe what you all might need and what we just heard was um, we do take care of ourselves. You just right. don't know it because we don't want you to. Correct. Which is way different than what <laughs> somebody. Thought. So we thank you kindly mm-hmm. for sir. this education. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So different categories. Um, for, first, if I can globalize it for a half second and say, I've seen in group situations like in locker rooms playing sports and barber shops, men where it's just a bunch of men being very vulnerable with one another telling each other embarrassing stuff about one another within that space. So that happens Mm. on a personal level. Mm -hmm. uh, A couple of good friends of mine um, from college 
fit the bill. Like one became my uh, 24-year-old's godfather and whatnot. Um, he lived down there in Tampa with me for a bit, you know, um, after we get out of co- got out of college. I could call and talk to him about anything. Um, he's the first call I made when my dad passed away. You know, we could just talk forever. Same with another one of those two guys that we all met right before we started FanView and this TOPS program. So those are people I could go talk to in the in the practice. You know, uh, I remember calling this one guy um, when this judge was doing some crazy stuff in Manchester and him basically getting me back in line in the middle of the trial, but I needed somebody to vent to. Mm. So men do have those folks, but I, I agree with him that we don't want to go and announce necessarily to our woman that, hey, <laughs> this is our, you know, that that that's ours. Huh. Is there some vulnerability you don't want shared? So we're probably out of time almost. (laughs) (laughs) Saved by the bell. So so no, wait a minute though. That idea of vulnerability is right. We only have five minutes, but you're right. Okay, quickly. There are levels of vulnerability that I think are acceptable. Okay. Um, On the one hand, uh, some women or maybe a lot of women might think that they want this Alan Alda Man with sensitivity, <laughs> you know, Ralph Transvent thing. But on the other hand, generally they want us to be strong. They okay, don't want us to be a punk. Okay, so you know, you got a call to talk about me, like yeah. Oh, so there are levels oh of this vulnerability gosh. that are acceptable uh, uh, and still keeping your space as the man, as opposed to some mm-hmm. punk that she well. I, I promise I'd keep myself reined in. I won't finish that sentence. Um, but you, you understand what I'm saying. You know, I understand I had, what you're saying. I had experience with my mom. I was just out of college and whatever stuff was happening. We were in the kitchen. And just standing in the kitchen. And something, I don't know, something was hurting on me or something. And then something else was happening. So I had physically something happening. And then things weren't going the way I wanted to in terms of what I planned to do after FAMU. And I leaned on her shoulder and I said, I'm just breaking down mom or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. She moved from up under my elbow Mm. and stood back and looked at me. Mm. Didn't, didn't say anything. We didn't say anything else about it, but that was a moment for me that kind of cued me in to what she expected of Mm -hmm. me at that age. You know, it'd be different if I did at age eight, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling that, Mm -hmm. you know, I get it. And her husband built houses, hard construction work, tile Mm -hmm. for like 50 years, manly man, Mm -hmm. you know, John Henry. And so when you got a family, I'm breaking down, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude can't have a family down the street. No. John Henry can have a family down the street right, and right. smack around a couple right. times. But not that. Right. In the I, 50s, it could go like that. If you was a manly man, you could yeah. do whatever you want to do. But right. not the dude leaning on her. It's like, nah, you can't have a woman down the street. Right. <laughs> you know what? This is Wait, okay. wait big fella. <laughs> That's <laughs> real. That's that generation, too. You're not about to sway me. I know them. So hold on. Let me let me publicly say this, right? Uh-huh. As we have all cameras in film right now. Yeah. Would you be open to coming back for a part two? For sure. Yeah. See, yeah. I put everybody okay. on camera. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I know we only have five minutes, but you want to get them one question. There is a word that Timothy used, and that word was reimagined. And I think it's important as we look at where some of our notions of masculinity 
come from, which is from women too, which is to your point, right? Because that story you told about your mother is about what, 25 years old? I'm 53. This happened when I was like 20, 22. Boom. So like it gets into us, right? It's in ourselves. Yes. But if we're now 2000, almost 22, yes. we get to reimagine. Right. So what for our great, great granddaughters and sons, do we reimagine masculinity right. and femininity to include? And how are we responsible for those shifts? I think that's part of the next I think that is because what we wanted, that's exactly right. I, I think the idea of parenting, mm-hmm. leaving our legacies for the next generation, just because that's the way our grandparents did it in the 40s and 50s, or our parents, it doesn't mean that we have to continue that legacy, right? Yeah. I asked my 20-year-old son last night the same question I asked you all about the popcorn. And I'm not going to tell you his answer because mm-hmm. I'll tell you when he comes back. You know, quite I'm just talking about, um, you know, talking with someone about... Um, racial inequality and, and using that same thing. Like imagine if you could mm-hmm. zoom yourself out to 2050, stand there and then look back right. and yes. say, what did we do? Yeah, that's right. To make it land where we want it to yeah. land. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what steps do we have to take mm-hmm. to make sure that when we look, if mm-hmm. you could look back, cause mm-hmm. we won't be here. Mm-hmm. Right. But did we lay the proper thing so that when mm-hmm. the granddaughters and the grandsons get it, that they mm-hmm. latch onto it. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I guess you're the same thing in, in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what can we do to make sure that femininity and masculinity yeah. has its, you know, re- redefinition, redefinitions, mm-hmm. because it definitely was something it's, it's not leave it to beaver. It's not Miss Cleaver anymore. It's mm-hmm. not even the Cosby. It's not even the Cosby. It's not, anymore. it's not. It's we, so... we, we have our, our children and our children. So their children are singing a different tune. Mm-hmm. And we have got to recognize mm. that. And I think there is value that we have to learn just as much from them mm-hmm. about identity and about being comfortable who they are. You said accepting who they are and leading because you said it, mm-hmm. Kenny. We're going to be looking back. We won't even be here 50 years from now. No. We may right? not be, but we're going to be talking about the truth. And, it and this conversation, it shall be told. This okay. conversation is about continuing to speak the truth and to let the truth be told. That's right. That's yeah, right. And so you know grateful. what? You all... I'm going to just say, they, they, they turned our thoughts all upside down. Mm-hmm. We thought a whole lot of things about men, particularly black men, because that is the lens that we operate from. So I'm only speaking to who we choose to speak to in this space. It's black men. You mm-hmm. showed us some things, had no idea. We learned some things. I'm sure our audience will do the same thing. I know as we ain't well. sharing popcorn with nobody. I say that. But we are sharing some ribs. Okay, ribs. Okay. 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 Here's the thing like, yeah. what if you have a vegan brother? I'm going to leave that oh, right there. Lord. I'm going to leave it right there. Yes. Because there's, there's a lot of us that don't eat the ribs. I'm going to leave it right there. But you know what? We thank you so much for your time. We, we, we stand firm in the truth. And we stand firm in being truth tellers on this journey of life, right? And it's who mm-hmm. we are, right? Mm-hmm. And so before we go, we definitely need for folks to mm-hmm. make sure you listen, mm-hmm. like, and follow us Please do. at Truth Be Told Pod. We are on Facebook, IG, and Twitter, mm-hmm. and anywhere that you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Please follow us, like us, tune in to what these four black men have to say about truth and better be told. And until mm-hmm. next time, this is Truth Be Told. Truth Be Told.